Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy and you are powerful. And Lord, we thank you at this time of year we reflect upon your advent into our world. Lord, coming is a very, in a very humble manner as a baby. Lord, we rejoice that you're coming again as an all-powerful king, as a righteous judge. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would be busy about your business, telling others to prepare, to be ready for your return, to be ready for eternity, to know you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, I thank you that this time of year, people do seem to be more open. Lord, I pray that we would look for those opportunities and we'd Lord, we take advantage of those opportunities to share the real meaning of this Christmas. Lord, I pray that you'd empower us, Lord, that you'd use us for that purpose, to deliver your good news to this world. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take a few moments and greet somebody. Maybe go all the way across the sanctuary this morning. Yeah, you are welcome. And boy... I noticed it this morning in the cafe, and I noticed it now. Something that an elementary school teacher used to tell us children back in the day is it must be going to rain because you guys are such chatterboxes. I don't know if your teacher ever ran that out by you, but I remember hearing that in third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade, and they gave up in sixth grade, I guess. Um, but no, and hey, by the way, the rain, and I'll share announcements in a moment. Um, don't let the rain keep you away tonight. It's going to be really, really special. Really, really good. You do not want to miss this. Uh, of course, the food's always good, but you don't want to miss uh, what's going to take place here tonight in our variety show. Uh, so uh, welcome to Praise Assembly. If you're new here, if this is your first time here, please, in the seat back in front of you, there's a Connect card. Fill that out. Take it to the information booth on your way out. We've got a bag of goodies for you we'd like you to take home with you just to say thanks for being with us. At this time, we're going to prepare to honor the Lord with our giving. Let's pray together and ask his blessing on today's offering. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you from our hearts. Lord, that's where our treasure is. Our hearts and our treasure are together. And Lord, we want to give you a piece of our heart by bringing to you the tithe, by giving to you offerings today, by honoring you. And Lord, I pray that you would be blessed. I pray that you'd bless each giver. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
right, joy in heaven. You don't have to get me anything for Christmas. That's what I wanted. God rest ye merry gentlemen. My fa- I think it really is my favorite Christmas carol or Christmas hymn. All right, listen, I need to take you through some announcements. First thing I want to mention is, if you didn't notice on your way in, we have calendars for the new year. The new year begins three weeks from tomorrow. Yeah, it's either good or bad, isn't it? It's just, wow, I can't believe it. Uh, So we really, if you you didn't get one, please stop by the information desk to get one on your way out and uh, so you don't miss any events. Um, Also looking at... Items coming up this afternoon, or, or well, when service ends, I think probably around 1130. Um, we need your help to get things ready for tonight. Okay, chairs have to be moved out of the way. I think we all know the routine, and we'll have people screaming directions. You'll, you'll, we'll have a diagram on the screens uh, so we can get ready for tonight's presentation. Again, we have a very talented, homegrown team. I found out this morning, right, that they were 121st runners-up to American Idol. Okay, second season, second season, really old stuff, but it's good stuff. (laughs) It'll be great. I just, I really can't wait. It's going to be the highlight of the day. So do not, again, if, I'll tell you, I've been praying about this weather. I don't know if you heard the weather forecast the other day, two to three inches of rain. Sounded like we should have an arc up here instead of this beautiful back, you know, drop, backdrop set here. But um, that's got, that's got pushed down to less than one inch now. And I'm just, I'm just praying. I just want it to be good. If it's really, really miserable, just drive carefully. But don't miss tonight. I'm telling you, you do not want to miss tonight. Um, let's see, what else has come to... Oh, uh, two weeks from today is Christmas Eve day. And at night, of course, we'll have our Christmas Eve service. Because it is a Sunday, it won't be 7 p.m. It'll be 5 p.m. That's in your bulletin. And also that morning, life groups are canceled for that morning. Not for, the, not for New Year's Eve day, but for Christmas Eve day. So you can have some extra family time. Or if you want, the cafe will still be open at 8.30. We'll be ready for you with drinks. And, and some, there might be something special there, too. Because I've been thinking. So that can be dangerous. But um, Christmas Eve day, if you want to come out early, just join us in the Morning Star Cafe for some fellowship. Today, we are starting a new series called The Name, and we've got a video to introduce that. Well, welcome, and uh, today is the first in our series called The Name. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to start in a dark way or, or a, uh, a, you know, even a somber way, but, but can anyone here remember a dark time in your life? Uh, maybe, yeah, and you, you can raise them, you're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of you, honestly, maybe those around you don't know this, but Maybe right now is that time for you. Maybe you're, you're facing that, you're feeling that. Maybe there was a loss of some sort, a person, a job, a, a role that's no longer yours, whatever it might be, but you are feeling uh, just a, a place of, of, of darkness, uh, not maybe with actual light, but a place that, that you just sense 
just that darkness in life. And, and you know, for the nation of Israel, and we're going to look at this, in Isaiah chapter 8 uh, was a place of darkness for them. The, uh, Isaiah had prophesied that God was going to use the Assyrians and he was going to literally wipe out, take out, bring captive all of Syria, all of Judah, all of Samaria. And Isaiah warns these people, the, the, the nation of Israel, not to think like everyone else thinks. How many have ever had to fight that? Where everyone around you is thinking a certain way, but you know, I, 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 don't, I don't need to be thinking that way. That's not the way I should be thinking about this matter, about this person, about this situation. Have you ever faced that, where you're, you're having to think opposite of those around you? And Isaiah warns them, and he says, you know, uh, I don't want you to think like everyone else who's consumed with conspiracies, who's consumed with dread and fear. And, you know, it, it's really kind of interesting because if you watch the news too much, you'll be consumed with conspiracies and you'll be consumed with fear and dread uh, too much. How many have, have experienced that? And so, so here, here is Isaiah, and he's warning these people, and he's, he wants to challenge them. He says, however, I want you to think in a different way, um, and I want you to think uh, in a way that is going to bring hope to your life. And uh, this sets the stage for chapter 9, which is, which is our, our key text for this whole uh, three-week series we have called The Name. And uh, in Isaiah 9, we're going to talk about the names of Jesus and how significant they are for not only our lives this time of year, but just our lives in general. Now, the closest description we would have to kind of the purpose of these names that we're going to be talking about um, in our culture would be, would be nicknames. Did anybody here grow up with a nickname? Anyone here? Raise your hand if you, if you grew up with a nickname. If, even if it was something, so you don't have to tell us what it was. Please don't. It's fine. But if you grew up with a nickname, how many had a nickname within your family? Like they call your name is such and such, but in your nickname you were Bubby or you were whatever you were, Right. <laughs> Well, uh, we love nicknames in, in our culture. We especially love nicknames when it comes to sports, uh, our, our, our sports legends. And so I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you some, and maybe you would recognize some of these. Um, he played at the uh, University of Kansas, and that's what brings us near and dear to our hearts, as my wife's from Kansas, is uh, basketball legend Wilt the Stilt. The Stilt. I mean, when you're seven feet tall, that's an appropriate name. Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain. Uh, this is where I'm from, middleweight boxing champion, pastor might remember him, and some of you old school boxing fans, marvelous Marvin Hagler, remember him? He grew up in the town next to the town I grew up in, and I was talking to John Fonto today, Toll House cookies are from my town, I say it again, a shameless plug. I have the recipe, if anybody needs it, let me know, I'll, I'll send it over to you. Uh, this is one of my favorite nicknames, 1940s, 1950s football player, you've probably never heard of him, but his name was Elmer Crazy Legs Hirsch. I mean, imagine that being your nickname, Crazy Legs. And it was the way he ran. He was super fast, but the way he ran, his legs were really strange. So that was his nickname. Uh, basketball royalty. Some say he's the greatest of all time. Some say he's not. But LeBron, King James, you know. Uh, if you're a fan of modern basketball, you'd say he's, he's probably the best of all time. How about golf icon? His first name is Eldrick. Did you know that? Tiger Woods. Eldrick Tiger. I, if my name was Eldrick, I would say, call me Tiger. I really would. Eldrick Tiger Woods. Um, my second most favorite name 
and he is 70s into the 80s Hall of Fame basketball player, Daryl Chocolate Thunder Dawkins. That was the guy originally ripping down backboards, breaking glass. He was awesome. Loved watching him. And then uh, he's been in the news a lot lately, but Hall of Fame football player and now college coach. His nickname is Primetime, and his name is Dion Sanders, right? You know him, Primetime. And he really is. He's always, he's always on Primetime somewhere. And in ancient times, there was a theophoric name that was oftentimes given to kings and rulers. I was wondering how Mike File would sign theophoric. <laughs> but it was often given to kings and rulers. And these names that were given to these kings and rulers were to affirm the nature of that deity, uh, proclaim maybe the attributes of that deity, and maybe even request the blessing of that deity. And of course, when a, when a king is not really divine, when we're in ancient times and they're giving these titles to these kings that thinking they were divine, when they actually weren't divine, they couldn't live up to the name. But the prophet Isaiah, however, prophesies about the coming king and Messiah in the following passage, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 4. And he is everything that his that the, the names he has given, uh, he is everything, he is all of that and more. And I'm going to read here from chapter 9, verse, uh, beginning in verse 2. Verse 6 will be our focus verse, but I want to read beginning in verse 2. It says this, The people who walk, in, who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Remember we spoke about that in chapter 8 uh, previously, that there was a darkness that these people were in. There was, a, there was a heaviness that the nation was going to be plunged into because of their disobedience. Verse 3, You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. <clears throat> you, will break, <clears throat> pardon me. you will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. In verse 6, For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Those are some incredible names, and we're going we're gonna to cover those names. But it's interesting, who was going to be the light in their darkness? Here's this darkness. The Assyrian, the powerful uh, Assyrian kingdom, nation, was going to come and, and literally take them captive, take away their freedom, and put them into a place of darkness. But who's going to be the light? A child, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Now, it's true of any child. We've, we've had a couple different births here in the past month or so, here at Praise. And, I mean, doesn't a child bring some light? Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it, it makes you cringe for the light of day because you haven't slept all night, maybe. And you're like, oh, the light, it's, it's the day, and I've got to do this all over again. But it really is true of children. They bring a joy. They bring a hope to many families. Maybe some of you here, 
you were the only boy born and born in your family a generation or two, or you were the only girl born, but, or you were the first child or the first grandchild. And, and there's something joyful and light-filled that children bring. Now, we know that he was not just any child. As special as your children and my children are, we cannot compare him to this child. And uh, not only is he a child, but he's a son. And in ancient times, this meant the family name continues. This meant that stability and strength is ahead for this family. It also says about him that the government would be on his shoulders. The weight, the responsibility of ruling the world would be on him. There was a man named George McCoslin. He was a YMCA director in western Pennsylvania, and he had inherited and took over a location years ago that was really struggling, struggling with attendance, struggling with finances, and every way that an organization can struggle, it's how it was struggling. He took it over, and he began to work diligently night and day, long hours, it was interrupting his sleep. He wasn't sleeping well. And so here he is, and he's, he's, he's just worn to the, to the bone. And one day, he takes a, a notebook, and he goes into the woods, and he goes for a walk in the woods. And as he's out there, maybe you've experienced this, he just begins to feel the weight kind of lifted as he's out in nature. I know pastors talked about how his runs and walks in the woods do that for him. Well, for George at this time, I was doing that. And he, he sat under a tree and he pulled out his, his paper and he wrote this letter. And he said this in the letter, Dear God, today I hereby resign as general manager of the universe. Love, George. <laughs> how many of you ever felt like that? Where you just... You feel like the weight of the world, the responsibility of everything is on your shoulders and you're really leaving God out of the equation. You're taking on that role. You're taking on that sense that it all depends on me. It all depends on what I do, what I say, how, what, what I do in this matter. And so here he is and, and he just writes that out. Maybe some of you need to do that. Maybe some of you need to go home today and write a letter and say, Lord, I... I, I resign as the general manager of fill-in-the-blank, whatever that might be in your life. <clears throat> the first name that we see in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 is this. It is the name Wonderful Counselor. Now, uh, the name combined, Wonderful Counselor, is appropriate and fitting. Uh, the name individually, Wonderful and Counselor, absolutely describes him. Let's look at that. The Hebrew word <clears throat> for wonderful, Pele, <clears throat> pardon me, means a miracle or astonishing, astonishing. I actually looked this up because if you, how many remember the Brazilian soccer player Pele from years ago? How many remember him? Yeah. And uh, his name, if you look and I searched and searched his name, even though that's what the Hebrew word is for miracle, astonishing, which he was as a player, uh, it wasn't something that was given to him because of that reason. But I think it's interesting. But when, when you look at him and you see that he is wonderful, I mean, he's justly called wonderful, first and foremost, because he's fully God and he's fully man. He is wonderful. But the question I have is, for me, and I've asked this question of myself over these past weeks, and, and I want to ask you, do we actually sit in wonder of who Jesus is? Do we, do we actually sit in wonder of who he is? 
When was the last time that you sat in wonder of anything? Maybe, maybe you, you sat and it was a clear night and you were in a place where you could see the stars and the universe and you, you could just, uh, maybe not the universe, but you, you could see the beginnings of it. You could see the sky and you sat in wonder. Maybe that was the last time for you. You had that moment of just sheer wonder. Maybe, speaking of births earlier, maybe you were there to witness the birth of a child. You just go, I don't even know how this all happens. This is crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's morale. How does a human stay alive in a human? And then all of a sudden they can breathe air and, oh my word, all these things. And they have toes and fingers and, and, and organs are functioning. And I, it's, it's miraculous. When was the last time you sat in wonder of anything like that? I think one of the struggles or the challenges of tragedies even of growing up is you lose wonder, even over simple things. I mean, with a little kid, you can you know, have something be here and then hide it and do this, and they're like, where did it go? They're just in wonder of everything. You know, everything's a wonder. And uh, that's probably the, the, the joy of being able to see young children. But look at Jesus' life. Look at his wondrous life, his birth. You know what's wonderful about his birth is that he was born... Uh, in a very humble place, a very common place, where even people like shepherds, common people, could access him. If he were born in, in, into a, a palace, uh, there would be guards, there were people pr- protecting him, but he was born into a place where everyone all over humanity could access him. His life was a wonder because he showed us what the Father was like. He showed us how to live, how to walk in obedience. His death was a wonder. The sacrifice of giving yourself away is a wonder. His resurrection surely was a wonder. He was dead, dead, really dead. And he came back to life. And his rule today that he stands in the place of authority and he intercedes is a wonder. Do I see or look at God and wonder, as I should, for all he is and for all he's done. You know, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9 speaks this about him, the wonderful counselor. But he continues in chapter 25 and he says this, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things Things planned long ago. Isaiah 28 and 29 says all of this also comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful. Now, maybe you've had a lot of plans in your life. I know I've had a lot of plans. Some of them may be a little more wonderful than others, right? Some a little less on the wonder side. And, uh, but whose plans are wonderful. In the last passage here, Isaiah 29, 14. Therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder, Upon wonder, the wisdom of the wise will perish. The intelligence of the intelligent will vanish. I love that. Wonder upon wonder. He will literally astonish people with wonder upon wonder. See, we worship a God of wonder. All he is is wonderful, full of amazement, miraculous wonder. Uh, How many remember that song from 1999, God of Wonders. If you remember that song, if you remember that song, you're old. That's all there is to it. You're just, if you remember that song, you're just old. You remember that one. That's a great song. We, we actually, I think we, we sang it not too long ago. 
What an incredible song. God of wonders beyond our galaxy. You are holy. You know, that's how some of the, some of the lyrics go. But uh, have you and I lost some of that wonder? Okay, Siri. Okay. Yes. Thank you. It's just, it's piling on today. That's all it is. That's okay. Praise God. You know, movies like Elf, Polar Express, talk about wonder and Christmas spirit. They speak about how people have lost their wonder or they have, have lost their Christmas spirit and can regain it by believing in Santa or the magic of Christmas. You know, could it be that if we're missing the wonder of the Christmas story that, that, that that's something that we need to consider, something we need to look at? How do we regain how do we regain that, that wonder? Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, unless you change and become like a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. There's something that children have that keeps that wonder alive. And my prayer is, Lord, may I stand in awe of you all the days of my life. And so Isaiah describes this coming child as wonderful. But he also describes him as counselor, counselor. In the Hebrew word, there's yois, and it's to advise, to deliberate, to resolve, to give purpose to. And that root word for yois speaks of submitting or humbling yourself to God. Submitting or humbling yourself to God. And, and the, the, the one aspect of him being counselor, what makes him a counselor that is unlike any other? that is above all others, that is skilled beyond others, that has knowledge beyond others, is because of this element here. And the fact that he was there at creation and he, he is the creator of everything, he has knowledge from, from, uh, as vast as from eternity, uh, certainly uh, uh, qualifies him. But there's a part of him that I want to bring out today, that he's wonderful. You, you, you can't ever look at the end of him or the beginning of him or figure out everything he can do because he is just wonderful. He is uh, astonishing, miraculous in everything he does. But he is also counselor. And one of the things that's important for us to understand about him, one of the things that, that endears, that qualifies him to be this wonderful counselor is that because he humbled himself in obedience to the Father. He has the authority and is qualified to counsel all of mankind and give purpose to our lives. And I want to read two scripture passages, several verses. Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 11, a very common passage, but this, I want to read how this relates to him being counselor. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to, you know, like, like you and I do. I'm the boss. I'm this. I'm going to hold on. I know what I'm talking about. We, we cling to those. Jesus, the fact that he was equal with God is not something he needed to just white knuckle and hold on to and grab to because he knew he, uh, he was God. Verse 7, instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor 
and gave him the name above every uh, above all names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and even under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can you say amen? amen. You know, he's wonderful, but he's also counselor. He's also counselor. He has wisdom. He has the ability to, to give purpose to life. He has the ability to resolve and deliberate and advise. And he is uh, more than willing, more than able to do that. He is a wonderful counselor because he's learned humility and obedience. In the last passage, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. So then, since we have such a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us Hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testings we did, we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. And then moving down a few verses into Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. Even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. And in that way, God qualified him as a perfect high priest. And he became the source of eternal salvation for all those who obey him. I'm concerned that I don't sit and wonder of God and his counsel as often as I should. I don't know if you feel that in your life. The counselor who is humble, familiar with my weakness, faced temptations, overcame, and now sits in the place of authority. See, I have, like you, so many resources available at my fingertips that Jesus, at times, may be my final resort. Have you done that? You have people you can call. You have resources you can look up. You have things you can reference. You have uh, memories, experiences you can, you can go back on. All these are valuable. But we have a wonderful counselor. We have someone who's filled with wonder and power and might and who understands as a counselor everything that you and I need because he created us. And he's in a perfect position to bring wisdom and direction and help to our lives because he's humble. Because he has uh, literally emptied himself and lived uh, this life on this earth and now stands in that place of authority because of that humility. See, maybe out of habit, maybe out of the abundance or, or culture, we nevertheless, uh, at times, the wonderful counselor Jesus becomes back in the toolbox in our arsenal. Maybe you're facing things. Do you believe that Jesus is the greatest counselor out there? Do you believe Jesus is a greater counselor than your mom could ever be? Do you believe that Jesus is a greater counselor than that mentor, that person you first began to work with? Again, not negating their value, but, but he is the wonderful counselor. Is Jesus a, a greater counselor than any influencer on Instagram, TikTok, any personality, any parent, any aunt, 
any actual counselor here on earth, any pastor, whoever, is the wonderful counselor, is he in your arsenal of people to ask when you don't know what to do? Where is he? Where's he on your list? Is he last? Is he in the middle somewhere? I would suggest today that if he truly is a wonderful counselor, then he should be right up front. That he can actually guide you and I and direct us and instruct us and give purpose to our lives unlike any other. Do you believe that? Amen. Amen. I'd like to pray and, uh, and really ask the Lord. If this is your prayer as well, would you just... Would you just join me? I'm going to pray in a moment. We're going to receive communion in just a few minutes. Lord, I thank you for today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that uh, you are everything uh, that we need. And I thank you, Jesus, that your name is Wonderful Counselor. And you bring counsel to us when we, when we cry out and call out to you. We see the nation of Israel in Isaiah chapter 8. And they were going through, they were going to be going through some difficult times. But chapter 9 came. In the beginning of chapter 9, you prophesy through the prophet Isaiah, you say that these times will not last forever. And God, you say that there will be a child that will be born, and a son will be given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Lord, in that time as a nation, they needed you in that way. And Lord, today, how much more do we need you today? We need your counsel. We need to sit in wonder of who you are. We need your insight. We need the purpose that you bring to our lives. And I pray that during this season of recognizing you, Jesus, I pray that we would turn to you more frequently. I pray that you would be the first one that we consult in a decision. I pray that you would be the first one that we look at when we don't know what to do. God, I pray your help today on your people. Would you bless them? And Lord, you, wonderful counselor, I pray you would speak life to your people today. And as we receive communion together and we we contemplate and we consider how wonderful you are, Lord, bring healing and bring help to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Pastor, come. But as we celebrate communion this morning, we're going to be looking at the instruction given to the Corinthian church by the Apostle Paul. And I love this passage because of how succinct it is. What Paul tells them and to us today, because it's God speaking through him, is very direct, very simple. And it helps us to gain a good understanding of what we're doing here this morning. And, and here's what he wrote to them. This is 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we're reminded here in these couple of verses that Jesus willingly offered himself as a sacrifice. He knew his purpose. He fulfilled that purpose. He gave his life in place of ours. He died for our sins. And so when we gather together like this and we remember what he did for us, we're honoring him. He said, do this in remembrance of me. So I'd like you to go ahead and take the loaf, that portion, if you would. And let's pray together. Father, we thank you for sending your son Jesus into this world. Yes, born 
as a baby in a manger. But his purpose was to save men from their sins. And certainly he did that by offering himself as a sacrifice. And we acknowledge that sacrifice today. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for what you have done for us. That without your death, without you taking the the weight of our sins, we would be doomed to an eternity in hell. But you made a way. You gave yourself as a perfect lamb of God, as the perfect sacrifice. And we remember that this moment. Right now, we remember this. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake of the loaf. And then in verse 25, Paul writes these words. He says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And now here in these verses, we're reminded that we live under a new covenant. We're we're not under the Old Testament law anymore. We're we're under a new covenant. We have a new and improved relationship with God because of what Jesus has done for us. He purchased our salvation with his blood. He has sealed it with his blood. And this cup is a reminder to us again of his sacrifice on our behalf. And we're told that whenever we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we proclaim his death, yes. We proclaim his sacrifice, but we also proclaim his return. He is coming again. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this cup in our hands. We thank you, Lord, that on that night, it represented a cup of death for you. But for us, it's a cup of life, a new covenant. Lord, you have made a way where there was seemingly no way. You have made a way. And Lord, I thank you that that no man comes to the Father but by you. You are the way and the truth and the life. And Lord, I thank you that we can remember all that you've done for us. Lord, we are so filled with gratitude. Lord, we thank you for for taking our place, for paying for our sins so that we can live with you eternally. And Lord, we thank you that not only were you born into this world, not only did you die for our sins, not only are you ascended to the right hand of the Father, but someday you're coming again. And we believe that day is soon. Lord, we remember you, we remember you, and we yearn for your return. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake of the cup together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, Father God, just thank you for loving us enough to truly want, wanting to redeem us, wanting to buy us back from our own way. Lord, how I pray that that we would truly appreciate everything you've done for us, never to take it for granted. But Lord, to remember in times like these, to remember what you've done for us. And we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.